river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 28 Voice of the editor here. So last episode, we had a giant pile of kingdom turns all stitched together into one compilation episode. And for those of you that didn't want to listen through all of it, I'll be giving you a brief recap of what happened during that time. The events of significance were that Lady Jerabeth claimed the Elven Tower ruin and decided to come and live in Stagthorn. There was a small plague, some bandits, and other little annoyances. The Rushlight Tournament Committee, the equivalent of the Olympic Games, uh, came closer to voting Kaelin's kingdom ready to join them. Uh, Mivon and Pytax both voted for their inclusion. Hannes Drelev did not. Kaelin went out and explored the rest of the region that he hadn't yet found. Uh, he found an area that had had a depressed, drunken giant in it who was working with Hagrolka as one of his royal council. In the intervening time, the giant had gotten depressed and wandered off. Uh, he found an area where it looked like Mivon had actually set up a city, a little village inside of Caitlin's territory before he had claimed it, uh, and then abandoned it in favour of going to Selenia, the new city that Caitlin gave them the hex for. Very wisely and diplomatically, they decided to not make any sort of incident out of this and just forget it had ever happened. Caelan and Corwin did battle with a tendriculus in the mud pools in one of the hexes they hadn't explored to retrieve the black rattle-cap mushrooms for old Beldame and finish that side quest off. Caelan consulted Tristan for help about Goody Niska's prophecy of Omag the Twice-Born and had a creepy dream where he heard people singing this song. A son of Mammoth, Tiger's Clan, he came upon the stolen lands. By sword he smote, and rage he swore to subjugate all in his war. But pride for pride, and blood for blood, with Gorham's aid did he succumb, to boasting loud, with haughty eye, that he, Amar, would never die. True for Asma's holy eyes, the boast was nothing but a lie. How dare, said she, Amag should cry, that he, mere man, should never die. The pale one plotted from her home to steal him through her yard of bone, and when she had had her way, that time was Amag's dying day. Red dragon sent by vengeful gods ripped out Amag's heart with its claws, but Gorham had last laugh that day. Amag's black soul was here to stay. Orvin Bane, so named the sword, was crafted by the Iron Lord to keep the warrior's soul interred till the stars had their last word. And born again he shall return to widow wives your fields to burn. Twice born Ahmad with damning cry shall show the gods he'll never die. Gairunas chosen without name, black sisters wielding hatred flame. They'll crack the earth and bleed the sky. Ahmad twice born shall never die. And then we cut back in when the next real events of significance begin happening. On with the show. Cool. I'm ready for the thing that happens. 
Yeah, so you are at the town hall. Yes. Home of business. Yep. Um, where you, li- this is literally where your throne room is. Yep. Um, or if you're not, um, if, if you want to be less pretentious about it, it is your audience chamber. Yeah, I think it's a, like, I, there's a chair where I sit. But yeah, you it's have a, a big, cushy, kingly chair. Yeah, I have on. a nice chair at the front of, the, at the t- head of the room to make it clear that, you know, the king is in, but... You know, it is a town hall that we're meeting in, so yeah, it's not it's not a, like a pretentious throne room. There's um, like a nice tapestry or something on the wall. Base, uh, feel free to correct me when I dictate things if you don't like it. Yeah, yeah, but, no, um, Based on the general advice of your advisors, you you receive a number of petitions, the ones that your counselor and other clerks and that have looked at and are deemed actually worthy of your attention. Yeah. Um, one day a month, you it's just open day on the king. Anybody sure. who's prepared to queue up can bring anything to you. Yeah. Um, at which point you, you tend to get the most ridiculous crap. Yeah. You know, Bob stole my chicken, make him give me my chicken back. Yeah. A fine use of your time. No yeah. Doubt. Well, it shows that, you know, I give if some measure, of, I have some measure of interest in what's actually happening. Yeah. We'll probably, um, boost the screen, we'll probably be boosting the screening process for that a little bit as the kingdom increases in size, yeah. but for the time being... You know, Elk's Rest is a pretty cool town now, but a town is what it is. It's not quite crossed over as a city yet. Um, you actually have someone who serves as your royal page. He's essentially um, the guy that comes in and announces people, tells you your schedule, that sort of thing. He's an administrative clerk yeah. d- directly under you for the purposes of maintaining your schedule and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it drives him bananas when you fuck off into the woods with friends. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is this is part of my schedule. So this is actually not one of your um, this is actually not one of your petition days. This is supposed to be um, purely internal kingdom work. You're literally sitting around in your audience chamber doing a bunch of paperwork uh, by yourself at this point. Yeah. Um, because. This is the kind of thing that you're you're trying to train Bryn up into, and she's better than she was, but she still just kind of drops it arbitrarily and walks out at random intervals when yeah. she gets bored. You knew what sort of queen you were marrying. Um, uh, 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 marrying a queen who could, um, if somebody murders somebody in the kingdom, she could, you know, track them through the woods and gut them. And it's just a different set of skills. Your page comes in his nice sort of uh, cheap nobles outfit, essentially. Yeah. Um, and it's immediately apparent that there is something wrong with him. Um, his eyes look really vacant, and he's walking quite mechanically. Yes. Like, he's he's just not all there. That's but creepy. He, he knocks as normal, you know, the one, two, three raps. Comes in, you don't see anything wrong with this, he shuts the door... He turns to you and he's, you know, the face is just blank. So what's this kid's name? Leon? Leon the page, that's the excellent one. Leon, um, how old is Leon? Is he like, um... Uh, He he is a a technical adult, so he's like 18, 19. Sweet, cool. Okay, so... Leon? So Caleb will, as he as he registers this, will kind of drop the paperwork that he was originally trying to keep going with. Get up, Leon. Uh, he Kid? he looks at you where he usually um he he usually gives you some manner of vague nod, yeah. bow, salute thing when he comes in because he's doing this sixteen times yeah. a day. You've long corrected him out of foul and scrape every time he yeah. gets to the door, except when he's doing it in front of the, the um, proper diplomatic yeah. guests. And he gives you this sort of mechanical, hard salute, very proper, precise bow, um, and looks almost straight through you, past you, and he says, Your Majesty, you have a visitor. Right. Kaelin um, looks around. He um, isn't wearing his crown, but it is actually in the room. Yep. Goes and gets it. He is wearing his greatsword. Yep. He goes and picks up his backpack, which has all his weapons and shit. And like, get, he takes a moment and gathers up his uh, weapons out and arms himself. Uh, send them in. He goes to the door, opens it mechanically, and turns back to you. May I present Oberon, High King of the Fae? And right. 
walking through the front door like any other dignitary, except for the fact that he's like seven and a half feet tall. Yeah. Um, this kind of vaguely blue-skinned elf. He, he looks very much like an elven creature because it's, it's overall and gargoyles, of course. And did he lo- does he look the same as he did the last time I saw him? Exactly. The same. Right, because I. Uh, I, I thought he looked just like a person when I first started talking to him, but possibly he changed as I. Uh, he did when you when, when you originally found when he originally came to talk to you. He looked like a vaguely elven person, and as the conversation yeah. went on, he looked increasingly less and less human. Right. Yeah. And this is what he. And now by he, the looks, end, he looks. He looked like this. He looks full blown inhuman. He walks yeah. in. He has blue skin, white hair, de- quite definitely an elf or some relation thereof. Um, his armor looks to your eye completely impossible. It is incredibly thin and delicate, but it looks very strong. Yet it bends in impossible ways around his joints and things. It's clearly of supernatural make. And given that he's fundamentally a god, yeah. the the armor is completely decorative. It serves actually no purpose at all. Um, and he steps through and waves me up. That will do nice. That will do nicely. And Leon bows. My lord sort of walks out the door, shuts the door behind him, leaving yeah. the two of you alone in the audience chamber. And Oberon turns to you, uh, doesn't really salute or bow or anything, just kind of raises his eyebrows slightly. Your Majesty, it has been a long time since we last spoke. And Kaelin will give him a very small bow to precisely the degree that he gives Van, which yep. is the bow of um, one king greeting another. It's yep. one of the... Um, he, he does actually have a modicum of court the graces by this point, and this is one of the ones he made sure to get right. Lord Oberon, it has it that. What can I do? What oh, did, did you want to see me about? And... He doesn't answer you directly. He sort of actually paces around the room and sort of actually, you know, looks out the window. Uh, and can you give me a six motive check? I think I know. Uh, 20 plus whatever my six motive is these days. suck as much as it used to. Uh, it does still suck quite a well. 22. Okay. Uh, he looks really uncomfortable. Um, the, the impression you take away from him is... Almost that um, he, he like he's trespassing on your space, and he knows it. But it's not just your space he's trespassing on. He probably shouldn't be here. Period. Because he's supposed to have passed on. Yeah, and there are certain matters in which he's not supposed to. And he's not. And he's not supposed to talk. And what it's like when Mav wanted to ask me to do something, but she couldn't actually ask me to do it because she wasn't supposed to talk about it. Style of thing. It has been some time. My thought has been upon you. You have sensed it. Possibilities. Not prophecies, but you would understand them in dreams. Your mind would eventually make sense of what I showed you in the temple Aristotle. I, 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 I've seen things, some of them made sense in time, some of them made too much sense not quite in time. Have they been obeyed, or merely cryptic? On average I'd say it's been a help, but I'm more grateful for what we talked of in the temple. You helped me to make my mind up, and I appreciate that. Yes, you have come far. Changed the fates of those around you. Built this kingdom out of what was here. Do you remember what I told you would happen to these lands if you didn't intervene? Aye, that uh, that stayed with me. You said not absolutely nothing would happen to them. But I didn't really understand what you meant. I didn't really understand what you meant by that, but it's it's been on my mind. Certainly. You have intervened. Things have changed. 
nothing will no longer happen. That sounds good. I suppose everything depends on your point of view. From my point of view, what you have unleashed, he just clenches his fist slightly. There's a problem? It is not your fault. It is an effect of the changes that you have put in motion. Uh, he rubs his head slightly. I understand. I... Please understand. I have not come here to blame you for this. I have made many mistakes in my past as well. Things, if I knew where they would end up, I would not have done. Is it something I've done that's led to this, or everything I've done? The foundation of the kingdom itself? Whatever this this risk? Completely blank face. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, I um, can well enough I've made, made mistakes along the way. If what's going to happen now is worse than what would have happened, then that's something I've got to do my best to deal to, I suppose. I saw your wedding some time ago. Aye, I, I appreciate you coming. Are things happy? You are treating her well? Um, I'm trying. It's not something I had much experience with, but I think it's well enough. Hey, nods, nods slightly at this, and obviously, this this almost looks like a familiar, you know, uh, the young married man style of thing. How yeah. little he knows. Yeah, yeah, because it's kind of you know, Kalen's take is he thinks he's doing okay, but then he would, wouldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> of course he would. <laughs> you know, the um, like it. it the one you'd have to ask about that would really be Bryn when he's not around. Enjoy your days with her. Love is precious and fleeting and sometimes causes us to do terrible things. Keep her as safe as you can. I'll try. Something bad's coming. No, not at all. Something bad is already here. (laughs) He comes in in a blink. He's at the window looking out the window. Something bad turns is already here. And he's just across the room in front of your face. And as he did the last time, he puts his finger on your forehead. Far too fast for you to actually stop this in any way, even if you so desired. Um, And... Again, you get... Uh, this time it is perfectly clear to you what you're seeing. A string of violent images. Do you want them read to you in a pretentious fashion? Yep, sounds good. Okay. So, Oberon's Thought, Part 3. Dun, dun, dun. So, you see the front door of an inn. Uh, it should make you think of sounds of camaraderie and smells of ale welcoming you in, but this is wrong. The door's slightly askew, desolate. The only thing you can hear in the background is the single raucous core of a crow. And carved into the door in a series of savage, dragging slashes are two words. No men. All in capital letters. Something else. Flash. Something else entirely. The ground is shaking violently under your feet. The earth cracks beneath you as something emerges, this nightmare of heavy armour and teeth going out of the ground underneath you. The third one. A figure sitting on a throne, shrouded in darkness, speaking in a very rattling voice. An unusual name. Go. Find them. Devour their soul. And then... This shadowy ball sort of uncoils from next to it with long, thin, curved claws. 
comes forth out of the darkness, hunts out of your line of sight, and this figure on the throne muses presumably to itself, All the names have changed now, from lords and ladies all the way down to common kings. Van Thorn, looking very familiar to you, you know, weather-beaten, looking strong, he is on top of what appears to be a broken roof of a building, hammering away on it, doing some hard manual labour. And then he looks up, looking out towards the horizon, and his face just looks completely and utterly confused as he sees something. He says, What in the name of all the gods is that? <laughs> and the last one you see is a centaur woman, whom you've never met in any way, um, reasonably heavily armed, glaring at you with just total hate in her eyes and she clenches her fist at you and, and you actually see that sort of warrior's twitch as she goes to reach for her weapon for half a moment and she hisses at you run you beast as fast as you can or I will take great pleasure in ending you and poof, you are back in the throne room sitting on your throne Oberon is gone. There is no sign that anything has ever occurred here. Okay, I'm going to go out and check on Leo. Yeah, he's sort of leaning against the door, kind of leaning against the side of the door, kind of casually as you come out. He straightens to attention, straightens to attention, straightens to attention. Uh, Your Majesty, what can I do for you? Uh, Leon, may sound like a funny question. Did anyone come to see you about an audience? Uh, uh well, he, he looks confused. People see me all the time. But today, I mean, it's been a quiet paperwork day. No one's come to see you? Uh, not that I recall. Uh, he actually pulls out his note, his little notes. And he goes, oh, uh, you, you had an appointment just due, ten, just due ten minutes or so ago. But I don't seem to have written who it was for. He looks very confused. I am terribly sorry. Is everything uh, all right? Uh, I don't think so, but it, it's nothing you need to worry about at this stage. Could you um, get one of the get one of the kids to run down and tell Lord Tristram I'd like to see him in his earliest convenience? Of course, you just dig, 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 dig. You have Tristram, Caleb. What can I do for you? And uh, head into the yeah. audience room, just hang out. Um, Oberon came to see me. Ah, uh. the um. He was non-specific, as they tend to be, it seems. But I asked he. It seems we have, or I have, unleashed something. He didn't say what, but given that dream I had, it's a good few months back, but it stuck with me. I'm worried it might be related to whatever the Church of Garona are up to. I said to him something bad was coming, and he said something bad is already here. The... You're referring to the prophecy of Amag the Twiceborn? Aye. Hmm. But for all I know, that's something completely... He's worried about something completely different. He really didn't tell me what it is that he's worried about. He says nothing... He told me before, once that if I didn't intervene in the kingdom, nothing would happen to it. It sounded bad. He says, now nothing won't happen, but sounds like what is going to happen, happen, something bad might happen. Uh, something bad is happening? I suppose it's a foolish question to ask, but I don't suppose he offered us any concrete help. Nay, but um, I don't think he was supposed to be here warning me about it, so... I'll take it as a kindness that <laughs> he did. Well, I mean, I could ask that um, green-haired lady, but she's got a bit of a tendency to enchant me as soon as she sees me, so she wouldn't be my first choice for help. Actually, that's not necessarily a bad idea. Uh, the thing that would spring to my mind is that uh, what Oberon and Mab and Titania, the uh, high lords and ladies of the Fae, are not supposed to well, the reason they've passed... There are many things that they're not supposed to interfere in, but the thing that would concern them would be 
Things like we dealt with the Candlemere. The Outer Dark. That sounds worse than our Mag the Twiceborn. And I'm not very happy about him. I... Uh, how to phrase this? Amag is, even assuming he, he still exists in some fashion or other, is a very human problem. Aye, that's what I'm thinking. Whereas, uh, even ultimately, though... if he were to appear tomorrow at the head of a vast barbarian horde, raise this entire kingdom to the ground, and kill everyone within it, that's not really Oberon's concern in any way. Aye, I can see that humans humans killing each other. From the, I suppose from the phase vantage point, it's just what we do. But the outer dark are their concern. And so something, something must be here. Or trying to come here. Or something. He shrugs. That, that would be my guess, but. Well, this may be, this may be a desperate enough problem that it's worth trying to, trying that dratted thing again, assuming I still have it, and I will check my positions for the item in question. Yep, and you do indeed still have, uh, it was Hagrolka's... Uh, monocle? Uh, yes, it was Hagrolka's monocle. Yep. Um, listen, can you, um, can you round up, um, Michaela and, um, Corwin, um, this time, if I'm going to go to sleep and wake up convinced that I should consult her in all kingdom business, I want them ready. Uh, yes, by, by all means. So basically the gist is I'm going to go to sleep tonight and use the thing, but yep. I'd like um, Corwin, and Corwin to actually have the, um, whatever spell he used on me last time ready in case it um, goes south. Okay. And if you go to sleep... You now actually know what you're doing, to some extent. You are you are endeavouring to deliberately invoke her as opposed to randomly seeing what happens. Yeah, because I want her, not... If it is true that multiple people can use the thingy, I'm looking for the lady I talked to, the green lady I yeah. talked to before, not some random other thing who can use this channel. And you end up somewhere else. When you wake up, you are not in your bedroom. Okay. Um, Bryn is just gone. Yep. Presuming she was sleeping in here in the first place? Yes. Like, normally yes, but given you're trying to use your weird... Oh um... uh, yeah, poss- possibly not, but I'll certainly have told all four of them what I'm doing. Actually, what? I, yeah, given Brim, what she'll do is she'll actually watch you sleep yeah. on this particular occasion yeah. to see if you actually disappear yeah. or a thing comes into the room and abducts you or something, something else. Yeah. Um, okay, so when you wake up, you were in what is clearly this ludicrously opulent billion dollar bedroom. Um, you wake up in someone else's bed, which is kind of disconcerting. For yeah. It is this gigantic, super four-poster bed with the heavy lace curtains yeah. hanging all around it. Um, you are in what is clearly, a, pretty obviously to you, a stone castle room. Uh, can you roll me knowledge architecture in your name? Oh, that's fun. Uh, 24. Okay. When you look around, it it looks of old fame, make, um, but there's a few things wrong with it. the The internal dimensions, the angles on the windows, that sort of thing. It's it's not possible. You're not in necessarily a real place. You're in a place that only it's it's probably a representation of a real place, but it only exists here within the dream. And looking out at the, looking out the various windows, you can see some of them look out into a vast forest that appears to be alive with a wide variety of fae-esque creatures. Um, some of them are looking into what appear to be other rooms of the castle, and some of them are just black. Like, they just look out into darkness. And you gaze out the window, you look out the windows for a few minutes, and then you hear from behind you, your Majesty. You turn around, and there, bowing to you, is this sort of elven woman, um, extraordinarily attractive, long green hair, very noble elven clothing on. And she bows to you. You have come back. Aye. It has been a long time. I feared I would not see you again. Aye, I um, got the jumps a little bit. Uh, would take it as a kindness if you didn't enchant me this time. I realise that... Um, 
ladies such as yourself um, sometimes feel somewhat vulnerable and uh, around um, us more martial types and like to even the odds a little in their favour, but it's not something we appreciate. She smiles with the edge. Whatever you desire. Whatever you desire, my lord. Uh, and um, we'll sort of sit down on the bed and gesture her to do likewise yep. and sort of, you know, endeavouring for a companionable friends only. Yeah, yep. she sort of... She, she doesn't straddle you or anything, but she sort of curls down next to you and has the slightly too lingering hand on the knee. Yeah. It's... It's flirtatious, but not so much so that you feel comfortable just sort of slapping her down. Yeah, no, that's right. I can I can live with that. But she's she's got the line just perfectly about where you're slightly uncomfortable and on edge. Yeah. So um, there's something I'd like your advice on, but it, it, it is all well from your perspective. It is... Any troubles in your realm? It is as lonely and quiet as it has been for some time. I, um... have heard that there might be something bad coming. Maybe of something that you might be familiar with. Oh? Ah... I was contacted by a powerful fae being it doesn't actually come right out and say, um, who told me that there was something bad coming I was wondering if you'd hit anything about it possibly even something from the outer dark and she actually for the first time the, the mask sort of cracks she, she flinches and not just flinches she flinches hard, gets up off the bed, goes to the windows and starts staring out the dark ones. Caleb will um, hop up and go near her. And can you give me a sense motive check? Uh, right, that would be the one I'd roll with seven. Uh, she is clearly upset, but I don't get yeah, any upset more by this. Yeah, uh, she. You will actually see her. She goes to the window and kind of beats on the darkness a little, trying to push it aside. It's like there's just black glass over the window. She pushes on it. Nothing happens. She turns. Where did you learn this information, Great King? Oberon didn't actually ask me to keep his visit to himself. No, he didn't. He neither asked nor commanded you to do anything of the sort. In fact, he didn't ask you to do anything yes, at all, period. And I do have his mark on my forehead, so it's not a um, yeah. tremendous secret to those things. Yeah. It was uh, Lord Oberon, but he didn't specifically tell me something like that was coming. I'm just guessing. And he, he can't help herself on this one. Uh, again, the mask cracks slightly, and you get this hiss in Sylphen. Um, hypocrite. And then, mm-hmm. beautiful clarification. Ah, I was not aware it was High Lord Oberon's place to interfere in such things. I think he knows fine that it isn't. He didn't, um, he didn't warn me of anything, he didn't warn me of anything that was specifically coming. He didn't tell me what's coming. That's why I'm trying to find out. If there is something bad. I thought it might be the sort of thing that... If there is something out there in the dark... Dink, 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 she taps on the non-existent dark window. Then I cannot see it. Not from this place. Are you trapped in here? I am... Lessened. Right. This place is very old 
from your point of view. And I have been here for some time. I am limited in what I can accomplish from here. In what I can see. She gazes out the dark window again. What comes from beyond the darkness is a threat to all of us. And I will aid you against it however I can. But I have no information for you. Not until I can see further. And again, you can have a sense of check. Mm-hmm. Fourteen. Okay. You get nothing from this. You may yep. draw whatever conclusions you like. She, her face. She's doing that geisha thing. Yep, very much so. Yep. Mm-hmm. You, you could draw whatever conclusion you like. You, you have no indicator of any kind whether she's lying about any of it, whether she's. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one thing you will notice is you don't feel unduly um, attracted or drawn to her at this point. Yeah. So not yeah. not that you would think there was anything wrong with it if you did. Yeah. yeah. Um, you find her remarkably, almost compellingly attractive. But that's her normal default setting. Yeah. Not the extra. Yeah, but but only in that holy crap, I can't believe how hot that woman is way. As opposed to the, yes, I will do anything she tells me because she is my mistress and my friend. Although the last time around it was really less that she is my mistress and more. We're close friends and I should totally help her out. Yes. I will give you whatever aid I can, but I am limited from here. If I can see more, we'll be able to provide you with more assistance. When you... If and when you look further into this, carry my eye with you. She... Uh, produces what is very clearly not there, just flicks up a basic illusion of the monocle. Yeah. That will allow you to... See beyond these windows. I see. Alright. I think I can do that. And clearly, you know, it doesn't um, project via magic because what you'd have seen through it would be the inside of, you know, your your random um, treasure chest for the last year and a half. Yeah. The outer dark is not meant to be. It must be fought. It must be intervened against, no matter what the cost. I, I um, I've only run into the very lesser beings of it, but um, they were quite bad enough. I've no desire to see all there. You have not seen what I have seen, and her eyes are drawn towards what the only window in the room that has wooden shutters drawn over it. And as you look at it, she do not open the shutters. I know I'm I'm good. I, I um. You are strong. You are strong. Extraordinarily strong, but you are not ready for that. No, I'm I'm well enough as I am. Um. I don't know if this is something you can speak of, but I made a poor choice in the woman I chose to seal Candlemere but I believe it is sealed would you know if there's still danger from there? I cannot see it but if you take my eye there then I will then I will know alright seems reasonable and um, I will ask her a couple of loose questions about how actually carrying the eye works. Um, essentially, um, you don't actually need to wear it, per se, but imagine it's a window that she's looking through. Yeah. So, not in a box. Yeah. yeah. You, you need to actually go, okay, we're here at Candlemere. 
scanning, scanning, scanning. Sweet. Okay, no problem. Um, she she doesn't need you to hold it up for extraordinary lengths of time or anything like that. Yeah. Or even necessarily take it into every single place. Yeah. But it's like um, I'm just trying to think of an analogy here. Uh, it. Imagine it's essentially a really high-tech scanner. You need to kind of wave it at Candlemare a bit. You don't yeah. necessarily need to take it into every single room and wave it around. Yep. Yeah. Alright. Okay, I think I can I can do that. You have brought peace to your kingdom, have you not? All's been quiet for a good few months now. I am pleased. Peace is the goal we should all strive towards. It's a good thing most of the time. There are things that need to be fought, things worth fighting for. War was my trade once. It's not something that you entirely lose. That can't make me another sense why we get that one. Uh, Fifteen. Um, she looks annoyed briefly, just flickers across the face and says, No. It is not something you entirely lose. Emphasis on the you. Yeah. If you would speak to me, if you would speak to me, if you would deem to speak to me again in this lonely place, you need not sleep now that you wish to come here. So you place the eye upon yours and call my name. All right. Which you don't actually know. Um. What is your name? You would not know it, but for our purposes, I am the Queen of Forgotten Time. Thank you. I will see you again, Caleb Peacemaker. I would imagine at that point the room dissolves. Uh, no, in fact, you you sort of stand there awkwardly for a moment and, you know, wait, wait for that to happen. Um, you, you sort of reach up to your eye and the real monocle is, you, you take it off in the expectation that might wake you up. You're still here and she looks at you for a moment. Ah, you wish to depart. Ah, uh, yes. How do you... beckons you closer, leans into you, and of course kisses you. Yeah. And then you wake up. Yeah. Um, you are in your bed. It is about the time you would usually be waking, sort of, I don't know if Caitlin's a massively early riser. He gets up moderately early, yeah. but not super early. Yeah, so sort of 6.30, 7, 7, 7 in the morning. Yeah. Um, and Bryn is just in the corner of the room watching you. Ugh. Karen will yank the monocle off and then glare at it and then think better of it and sort of glare and then off in a different direction. You are awake. I... Hey, love. Dreaming of another woman. You were doing this. Vague lippy gestures at you. Sorry. Because, of course, she's watched you really precisely. Sorry. She's um, a little bit grabby. So, from Bryn's point of view, you just went to sleep like normal. Right yeah. at the end, before you woke up, you started doing little, I'm totally kissing someone else noises. Yeah. Like, literally, facials and that, and then just woke up. Yeah. You never got out of bed, you never disappeared, nothing yeah. came through the windows. Hang on. Um, and Kellen will leave the monocle on the bed and gesture into another room, given that she can see through the damn thing. <laughs> yep. Uh, she's, um... A bit weird and grabby, but um, I don't think. Fake. I, I don't think she's um, tried anything this time. I, um, she's offering help, and I appreciate it. But I don't try. I don't 
necessarily trust her or know what she's up to. She's pretending to be... She's pretending like she really likes me and she only wants to serve me or stuff, but I think she's her own woman and she's not necessarily even best pleased with me. Hmm. So I think I'm... I, I think I'm okay. From what Goody Niska and others said have, said it, have told me of men... <clears throat> Remarkable how many people come up to advise you on this when you were getting married. Uh, most men like to be taught, like to be treated as if they're king of the universe. Always makes me a bit uncomfortable, but that's because um, I'm not very good at reading people, and mm. people like her are always trying to get me to do things. That is because you are not most men. Mm. Okay. So we have some hugs. hugs. Um, and then I will go see the others and, you know, basically relay what happened. And yep. I'm going to put the monocle away and then have this yep, conversation. Yep. And Michaela will be able to um, confirm that you seem like yourself. Yeah. You know, if you have been influenced and it's yeah. been done in a much more subtle way. Yeah. I still, um, I don't think this whole thing about trying to unseat kings and so on, I not certain she's necessarily the one behind it, although it's still troubling that uh, Walker had the artifact. She might just be playing me. But I think she's playing me for not for that, if that makes sense. I'm not certain she's the one that's behind that, but I think she's got her own agenda. A different problematic agenda. She sounds lonely, says Tristan. Aye, <laughs> oh, I think she is. I don't think she's necessarily hostile, I guess, is the... I think she's got her own agenda, which doesn't necessarily meet with ours. But I don't think she's as hostile as whoever's been sponsoring her Grolker and the Stag Lord and everyone to try and take over. Uh, I presume you've blinded yeah, yeah. up to them. Yeah. Um, the, the Forgotten Time is what they refer to as the time before... Civilization and the gods as we understand them, the time of the old Fae. Ah. Um, the time before, well, it's it refers to a large period of time before that when the Outer Dark was here before it was driven out by the, by the high lords and ladies of the Fae. I've never heard of a queen of it, though. The title has no meaning I'm aware of. Well, if she's been um, if she's been trapped for a long time, maybe people have sort of forgotten her. Very likely. Anyway, um, I'd like to keep um, trying to um, benefit from her help a bit in a, you know, cautious sort of way. I think that's an excellent idea. She's a resource of who knows how much power and knowledge. I'd, I'd love to have the opportunity to meet her myself. But he already tried, and she said he wasn't yeah. really up. Yeah. But now it's later. Yeah, and he still thinks that I broke yeah. it somehow. Yeah, it's he's less saying, give me the monocle, and yeah. more just if it works for the monocle. Yeah. Alright, so, um, does anybody else have any concerns? Not particularly. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, Tristram and I will take a hike down to Candlemere with the monocle. Yep. And um, then I will potentially talk to her after I've um, had a poke around. When you go and poke around down there, for all intents and purposes, the job has been done as you requested. Yeah. Um, the tower has largely been leveled. Um, if you go swimming in the lake, you'll actually be able to find one or two of the stone blocks close enough yeah. to the island where you just dump them in there. Um, and the bottom half has essentially been mortared over and sealed. Yeah. It's still theoretically accessible, you know, if you're willing to spend enough time and effort yeah. digging into here. But this is as good a job as you would do, given the time and resources. Wait, actually, um, I will... It depends on if Tristram is more interested in the Fae connection than he is bugged by seeing what happened to Candlemere. So I will take him if he's okay with coming. If he's not yeah, okay no, with coming, I'll take him. To he sort of looks around Candlemere. Every 15 minutes looks at something else. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's like Kitty in the shoes. It is like Kitty in the shoes. Okay, well I'll just I'll just ignore him. <laughs> He's, he sighs repeatedly, yep. pointedly at you. Yeah. And yes, we'll um, have a poke around with the monocle on display. But yeah, by, based on your um, your knowledge architecture, that it's not as expert a job as you would have done because you are much better. You have much higher ranks of knowledge architecture than Goody fucking Neskin. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for all intents and purposes, she's done a perfectly adequate job of sealing the place. Yes, yeah. she stole all the information first. Yeah, cool. All right, and then I will. Endeavour to speak to the Queen of Forgotten Time. Yeah. And you're back in that same castle room. Um, one of the windows is no longer darkened. It's looking at candle now. Ah. Um, and appears to literally be, you know, an active viewpoint. It's looking out at Candlemere at night on what might or might not be the same day, but it's clearly not looking out at it when you were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kaylin, you have come again. Thank you. It is good to see what is outside. Presses the window and it, it sort of ripples slightly. I can allay your fears to some extent. Whatever it is coming, it is not coming from Candlemere. Your priestess, this Malgorazata. Not mine, <laughs> but yes. She took from this place, twisted and corrupted herself, but the power has left with her. Ah. There is still something deep beneath the place, sealed. But from mortal perspectives, it is gone. So from your perspective, someone may unleash it in time, but... Not any time soon. I do not. I do not fear that. Thank you. I don't think we're safe, but it's good to rule out the more obvious dangers. Is there something you particularly want to see? And I sort of and Kaylin glances at the darkened windows. Anything beyond this place that you wish to show me. I would love to see more of your kingdom, your people, your land. Alright, well... Yeah, I think we can work something out. If you find anything further that alarms you, I'm always here. Alright. Thank you. And as you were doing this one, when you uh, and you exit the same method. Yeah, I, I figured that was coming. Um, as you were doing this, well, you are um, up and awake in that. You literally put the monocle on, close your eyes, and say, oh, you say something to the effect of "I wish to speak to the Queen of Forgotten Time." And you wake up from your point of view in the bedroom. Tristan, who's watching you sees you put the monocle on, your eyes closed, you appear to functionally go to sleep on your feet, but the entire thing takes the length of the conversation, give or take a bit. So it's now, you know, 10-20 minutes to do it, as opposed to 8 hours. Cool. Alright, and... The monocle has um, unsurprisingly resized to fit your eye perfectly. Yeah. Which you did done anyway the moment yeah. you picked it up. The, um, okay, so, um, Kaelin will change his adventuring posture. Yeah. Um, he deliberately doesn't wear this thing when he's personally in his house. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't wear it on private kingdom business when he's closed in session with his councillors or attending audiences or whatever. However, when he's tooling around in, um, you know, miscellaneously mis- wandering, when he's either adventuring or tooling around the king- kingdom, not doing anything of particular import, like going and seeing people, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. he will um, put the 
he will seek out some arrangement to have the monocle out where it can see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. You can fairly trivially get it um, set up so you can just hang it around your neck on a chain or whatever. Yeah. It, and among other things, it appears to be hilariously indestructible for something that's apparently made of glass. Yeah. Which doesn't really surprise you in any way, because most of your magic items work like that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No problem. So, um... Just, um... I'm saying, excuse me, going to the bathroom. Take. Yeah, the, um, that's basically, if he's doing anything, he'd be at all uncomfortable with yeah, somebody yeah. watching, he basically takes it off. But um, the theory being, given it's been essentially in a chest, this is a bit more light and life for the thing. Yep. And um, he will potentially also activate it about once a month. Yep. Just to check in and see if there's anything particularly she wants to warn him about. Yep. Absent um, finding anything more yep. interesting. Yep, makes sense. But um, essentially he will endeavour to um, give her a bit more contact with his portion of the outside world. And we will... And I'm laying that out because it feels like the other shoe is coming to drop and I'm giving you some context for what she can see and find out and things. Yep. Okay, and that's the that's what he's doing with that. Yep. And I get the vision of Oberon. You do. Does anything else happen at the thank you? Does anything else happen at the end of the month before the end of this month? Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, sort of. Um Basically, this is this is over the next kingdom month. Um, it is not something that you would notice to the extent that you'd be alarmed by it until you actually hit the end of that kingdom month. There's another kingdom turn before you can actually intervene in this, but I'll tell you now because um, basically, um, Tristan sort of mentions offhand at some point that um, he's been se- you know he's been sending a bunch of letters to Master Pedrod in Barnhol. Yeah. And, you know, hasn't heard back from him in, yeah. for his last letter or two. Um, and then sort of comes to you and, you know, uh, it just brings this up casually at some point. Says, Caelan, uh, you, you haven't heard from Varn at all, have you? Not in the last few months, but, you know, we only we only write every so often. But um, this is about Magister Pedrod, right? He still ha- he still hasn't written you back. No, I, I wrote Varn to see if I could uh, find out what had happened to him. I mean, a poor man. He's he's on the elderly side. I hope he hasn't passed away or anything. Aye, aye. He's a um, nice fellow. But I I haven't heard anything back from Varn either. Let's go um, see if Michaela's heard anything in the um, Michaela or Svetlana's heard anything. Yep. So you go around, you ask several questions. Um, you you talk to you know half a dozen different people, then go out and actually follow this line of questioning to a couple of merchants in the kingdom and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, no, no one's heard from Varnhold uh, in about the last four or five weeks uh, at all. Um, no letters have come out from it. None of the people who have gone there recently have come back, and none of the um, none of the scheduled trade that is supposed to have come in has come in. Individually, no one finds this terribly unusual because the caravans not come in. Okay, got attacked by trolls or bandits. Or oh, it's it, just late. It it happens. Yeah, you know, that's that's life. Um, but when you combine it across the entire yeah, and you do some gathering on this. Varnhold has left the map. No one in your kingdom has heard from them in any way, shape, or form in the last month. Okay. Moreover, when you follow this a little bit further, no one in Brevoy has heard anything from them in the last month either. Ah. They're just... gone. Okay. And yes, Taylor and, will. And the mail, the the mail that you've sent them, and the couriers and tradesmen that have gone in there, haven't come back. Yep, I'm I'm troubled by that. 
And I will. Trusted is troubled by this as well, unsurprisingly. I think it may be time to pay Barnabas. Aye. Let's go now. (laughs) Dun dun dun. 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 